0: we don't grow alone. We flourish when we do life together. To flourish means to grow or develop in a healthy way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. Join me for conversations about growth and change as we talk about what it means to flourish and create the community you crave. Everybody, back to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Carrie Scott Garcia. Carrie is a wife, a mom, a pastor. She is the author of the Exchange and the founder of the Freedom Movement. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, guys.
0: So, go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I met you, well met, heard you speak last fall at the Leading and Loving It retreat. So, go ahead and um, introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Um, well, gosh, that comes heavy handed, right? So when I was four, just kidding. Um, I am yeah, my name is Carrie Garcia. i I am a wife and a mom, and I get this really awesome privilege to travel around and share kind of what God has done in my life and what he's rescued me from, and now I'm kind of compelled to let other women know. Um, and men, honestly, because it's kind of morphed into that, which is also kind of crazy. Uh, But to let people know just that they are not alone in what they struggle with, and that truly their story, their unique story, just only to them, is very much the thing that has carved their path um, towards becoming the unique creation that God um, wants them to be and has um, calling on them. So um, I'm just really, really passionate about sharing the truth Um, that lies inside them and and calling them to um, places of healing, and I kind of call myself a space creator. So um, I like to create space for people, um, for them to process and to really flourish in the space that's been created. So I teach how to create space, and I like to create space. It's kind of a weird thing, but it's what I do. I love
0: it. So I, we were talking a little bit before we press record, I heard you speak last fall at the Leading and Loving It retreat with your mom, and you talked about self-care versus soul care. And when you were talking, I think that the self-care movement, I'm going to say that is so big in our culture today, whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, I think it's so ever present. And I never really thought of like the term that you gave to soul care, um, Mm -hmm. the idea, I it's not lost on me, but I think the idea of the two, one versus the other, um, might be really eye-opening for others, so can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Well, let I kind of break it into three categories. So we have self care, uh, we have soul care, and we have spirit care. All are important, and they speak to places that the Bible speaks to, which is our body, our soul, and our spirit. So the body, God talks about feeding our body, soul, and mind. And um, the the big wave right now is for self care. And although I'm a big proponent for self care, I think we mix up spirit care and soul care into the category of self-care. And the problem is, is that um self-care never dives into the places of the mind um, and this is why I believe that we're seeing an epidemic of anxiety and depression, isolation, frustration with God um, and really a disconnect between um, our relationship with God, our relationship with others and our relationship with ourselves. So just to make it really simple, I would say self-care is anytime that we're trying to um, help heal our body, our physical body Self-care can be things like nutrition and working out and really important spaces um, to take care of ourselves. Um, Those are things like getting a pedicure, super awesome, and you should totally go and do it, but that's actually not soul care. When we look at spirit care, spirit care is really this place where we are reading our scriptures, we are memorizing scriptures, we're going to church, we're in our Bible studies. Super important, but also can be really disconnected from the places of our mind, which is where soul care comes in. And soul care is really this place of um, asking yourself some deeper questions, getting away, and really finding out what am I feeling, what am I needing. Some some really important soul care questions would be to engage your mind. Would be things like, um, what am I feeling? What am I fearing? Uh, What am I needing in this moment? And I I find that this like, it kind of becomes, obviously I have, uh, you know, I've written about it in the exchange um, and I've also done lots of workshops on it, but I find that this is like revolutionary when people start to realize when was the last time that I actually engaged my soul, which is the Bible refers to as our mind. It's really a a place in our mind. And so, um, yeah, I, I love, I love this topic because I don't think we engage it in the proper spaces it needs to be engaged in
0: right i i agree and i think a lot of us don't like i love that you broke down kind of those three categories because i think a lot of people kind of go at this thinking that they can fix what's in their mind and their soul with the outward you know self-care and like you said while all those things are good and there's a time and there's a place for them they can't you know fix everything i had this like moment years ago after I'd had my second child and I just kind of like lost myself a little bit and I kind of hate that phrase but I Mm -hmm. really did put a lot of things on the back burner and I came to a kind of a breaking point realizing there were some spiritual things I needed to deal with it wasn't just about like get out of your like mom funk um and like go get a pedicure like go work out and those things were great and they definitely were helpful and had a place in that season of my life, but I really had this awakening spiritually where God just really revealed to me, Hey, Andrea, there's some things I want to deal with here. And this is why you're floundering and not flourishing. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more just about the, the soul care and the spirit care and how those like intertwine and where the priority should be in our lives?
1: Well, uh, let's just take, for instance, this idea of anxiety, since that's a pretty like hot topic, um, and a lot of people, honestly, statistically are struggling with it. So oftentimes, if you were raised in the church, there's this idea that in order to fix my brokenness, I need to read my Bible more, I need to go to church more, I need to serve more, um, I need to have more faith. And- although, you know, those things aren't bad, they become a substitute for really diving into the honest places of our hearts, where Jesus wants to come in, where Jesus, you know, when he talks about confession and surrender, confession and surrender of those fragile places aren't, um, hey, God, I'm really upset right now, but I'm going to only tell you, like, 2% 2% of how upset I am because I don't want to offend you or be, or have less faith or be seen as too broken. And I think, I think for what we've seen to really be able to heal the places of our mind and our soul, which are intertwined, um, I think we need to engage the spirit and the spirit of God into those fragile places. So I really talk about Um, And and really for my own life, I mean, all of this, to be honest with you, sis, like all of this is really great in theory, but at the end of the day, I, I struggle a lot with depression and I have my whole life and I, you know, some of it is just my wiring and, but most of it is a lot of the traumas I've sat in, in my childhood and then in, in my, my life, even after adolescent years. And so here I find myself, you know, a few years ago, I mean, many years ago, but, you know, sitting and thinking thoughts that no good Christian should be thinking. You know, I have access to Jesus. I love God. And I I know that, I mean, I think I, I knew that he loved me. I didn't understand until I really got honest with the depths of my pain and my hurt, how much he loved me but what was wrong with me that I couldn't take all the stuff I knew and all the the memorization that I knew and apply it to my life? It was like, I was so striving and it wasn't until I broke and I got honest and said like, I, I'm going to lose it. I'm losing. I am losing my mind. I am like Is there something really wrong with me? And I've really felt like over the course of years, I've learned that God is like, oh, sweet daughter, this is right where I want to meet you. I want to meet you in the secret places. In fact, freedom doesn't come from the striving or the checking of the boxes. That freedom truly comes from the honest, broken places of your heart where I can minister and where I can come in. This is soul care. This is what it looks like. It's messy, it's honest, it's fragile, it's scary. But without this engagement, freedom is never going to come in the fullness that God has for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I love kind of what you touched on. I think that there's like this really, I think it's an epidemic. I think there's an epidemic in the church of, of the body of believers that are really not. You know, we're taught to like not be led by our feelings, but there's like this fine line of knowing your feelings and acknowledging them and of course not being led by them. And I think there's this whole um, culture in the church where we're not dealing with the the wounds or the hurts and the trauma because we are Christians and we mm-hmm. are believers and and god you know christ came and he came for us to save us from all that but that doesn't mean that there still aren't things that we've got to deal with and right where you know jesus wants to meet us and i think so many believers are just not dealing with those things from their past or the like you said the trauma um i mean i grew up like i grew up as a kid in the church like you know from a very young age um i've been in a church you know, my whole life. I'm in my mid thirties now. I've had a lot of church and there was a lot of years where I thought like, I don't have a testimony, like nothing like Mm. just like happened to me that like God has saved me from. And it took me like till I was like in college for God to be like really grip me and be like, Andrea, do you not realize that like you are a child of divorce? Like you've been abandoned by your father. And like, and like, it was true, but I didn't like have that realization of like just hurt and trauma and things that God had saved me from. Cause I thought I had to have this like big conversion story, mm. or like this big conversion. It took me a long time to realize exactly what God pulled me from and protected me from. And even though I was a child of a divorced family and my father was not in my life, like God put amazing uncles and men in my life that I never went without. I didn't even know that that was like a thing. Um, But I think that there's things as the body of Christ that we're dealing with that we're not saying because we think that because we're believers, we have to be happy or we can't struggle with anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression or just even hurt or different things. Do you find that that that's true as well?
1: yeah I mean, I think there's a lot of shame wrapped up in it i I think that's is where the enemy works it, you know there's a couple things here is like one whenever we're experiencing shame, there's no Jesus there. Jesus does not live or incorporate in shame so we, we tend to feel shame about the about the brokenness that we have. And the enemy uses that shame to isolate us further. Where Jesus is saying, look, there's no condemnation and there's no shame for those that are in Christ Jesus. He also understands we're human and we're fragile. Like we're fragile. We try to be so tough, don't we? We're try, like Rosie to the Riveter like all the time. And I'm just like, I barely got dressed today. Like I don't know, is anybody else? And I, I think we just try to be so so strong or put on such a strong perception thinking that's what, like, I'll fake it till I make it. I just hate that so much because I just think like we're doing a disservice to our fragile hearts. Here's something I want, I I think is really important, something that you brought up About emotions, and this idea that, like, we almost can't engage our emotions because they're seen as weak or not spiritual enough. And God created us, you know, we are in the image of God, which I just love that phrase because I look at my life and honestly, hot mess a lot of the time. So emotional, such a high feeler, an emotional whirlwind. And yet, I have to keep remembering wait a minute, I'm made in the image of God. Therefore, So much of what I encompass is God, which means that God is an emotional God. He has deep emotions. He is funny. He is sad. He is grieved. He gets angry. He has so many of the emotions I have. So if I look at that and I go, I. Discount or push aside the emotions that I'm experiencing. I am literally doing a disservice to the image bearer that I carry. So emotions are, are are to be defined, are not to make decisions. They are not for decision making, but to discount emotions is literally driving a car and ignoring all the flashing lights on the car dash that says, "Hey, something's going on in the engine." The the lights aren't going to fix the engine the lights are an indicator that we need to fix something deeper so that the car can continue to go. And that is the same for our bodies. When we are engaging in our soul, we are engaging into the emotions that are saying, hey, if you're anxious, it's not because you're an anxious person. It's that your body is letting you know there's a fear that's driving your anxiety or there's a hurt that's driving your depression. So if the issue is not the issue then we need to go, God, just like he says in Psalms 139, David says, search me and know me and show me the anxious ways that are in me so that we can begin to move. And I think that this would bring so much freedom to the body of Christ if we can start to understand that emotions are there for us, not as our identities, but to really be the indicators of saying, hey, there's something deeper going on. And if you want to flourish, if you want to thrive, we need to dive into those deeper places. That is soul care.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I I love, God is using you in a a mighty way to bring these things to the surface um, and awareness to people. So thank you for just sharing that today on the show. Um, If people are listening to this, tell everybody about your book, The Exchange, because The Exchange kind of walks through a lot of these different things. And maybe there's like some net next steps that people can take um, so talk a little bit about. yeah thanks for asking um, it's
1: it's actually a course so it comes with eight teaching videos from me and they're about 30 to 40 minutes long so we dive into scripture and basically i looked at it and i go um, what was my life like of this journey from hurting to hope and really i you know i'm going to be honest with you like it's not a cakewalk because freedom is hard you know to get honest with fragile places is scary and hard but i'm right there with you and i walk you through it the whole time i'm leading you through with videos and then there's a full workbook that goes with it and it really dives into topics like what does it mean to actually confess and surrender what does it mean to be loved What is a victim mentality? It talks about trauma because just like you said, well, I haven't had this really big story why am I feeling such hurt? I shouldn't feel this way. And really trauma by definition is anytime we've experienced powerlessness. So if you were teased on the, on the playground, man, yeah, that's traumatic. You know, it doesn't have to be a drug addict living under the bridge. You know, that's my story. That doesn't have to be your story, but trauma, pain is pain. It just comes in different packages. And so we kind of dive into what does it mean to grieve? What does it mean to trust? What does it mean to forgive? And really the end last chapter is about victory because I think as Christians, we define victory. Is being free from pain. And we define victory as um, I've arrived. And victory is not that. Victory is the presence of God in your pain and the understanding that he uses you and the story to touch others' lives because of the story you've lived. And um, so that is victory. So we kind of just really walk you through it um, on how to really begin to step into um, hope.
0: That's awesome. I think that's such a great resource uh, for people um so you are the founder of the freedom movement yes Tell everybody what the freedom movement is and what you guys do
1: Well, we are just passionate about helping people understand what does it mean to be free? And we believe it's the courageous acts of loving who you were created to be. We do that through a large scale event that we travel around and we do evangelistic events, which sounds kind of crazy and old school, but we make it not weird. Um, And we partner with the local church. We really believe in the local church. We are not the local church, but we believe in it. So our events are geared towards people who are in the local church, but we offer a buy one get one ticket so you can bring a friend to hear about the accessible love of Jesus. And then we hopefully will have them pour into their local church to get long-term healing and discipleship. Um, So that's the main thing we do. We also run a coaching and counseling center here in Orange County. And we also provide leaderships called Freedom Academy of Leadership Training on how to create space for the people that you care about and love um, in leadership and how to be curious about someone's story and how to ask questions instead of worrying so much about fixing everybody. Uh, we try to teach you on how to come alongside somebody and learn how to be empathetic rather than just sympathetic so we we do all kinds of stuff here at freedom movement but our main thing is our our large tour and our next tour will be launching in fall of 2020 and it will go through a spring of 2021 so we're super excited it'll be our fifth tour which is crazy
0: that's awesome um so I think a couple weeks ago, I was listening to your Instagram stories, and you were talking about this subject, and I, I think I messaged you about it, um, and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, because it's something that I've talked about before on the podcast, um, and I just like want to reiterate this message and talk with somebody who is like thinking along the same lines, and it's that that message of like, that we're all in different seasons. And you were talking about this on your stories. Um, you were just sharing some things that you were doing in your life. And then you had come on and kind of just like talked a little bit about like, we're all at different places and not comparing. And I think, mm. I think it's really hard as just wives and moms and women in general, like and in the age that we live in, and social media, we see a lot of what people are doing or what they want to show us and it can be really easy to like get in that mental mindset where you think like everybody's crushing it except for you you know Mm. and I think there's so much like wisdom and truth to realizing like your season like I know for myself the things I'm doing now I wouldn't have been able to do six years ago when I had two small babies and one that didn't sleep through the night till he was 13 months old you know and um can you talk a little bit about that yeah.
1: Um, I just, I mean, I, I'm no different than anybody else. There's certain things I can't even follow on social media. Cause it just makes me feel bad. Like, I'm just like, Oh man, like I'm not doing enough and I'm doing plenty. I don't even want to do anymore. Like I'm tired, <laughs> but, um, but there's that, that kind of that driver in me that says, Oh, it needs to look like this or be like this. And, um, you know, they just, we often don't see the background of things. I just, I just, did a post about this and I posted a picture from five and a half years ago and And it it shows the very first Freedom Movement event in a backyard with 30 people. And no one, you know, that picture shows some triumph because of where I am today, but it doesn't show the picture of the tears on my floor in my bathroom feeling like I'm going to lose my mind because of ministry. It doesn't see the friendships that have been sacrificed because of this call on my life. It doesn't see the financial heartache that we've gone through to be where we are today and still the financial heartache we're in because we run a nonprofit. You know, it doesn't show all these things. And that's why I think it's just so important to like, I kind of just say like, you do you boo. Like it can't, it can't be more than that because when it is, we start to live someone else's life and then we're not authentically who we were created to be. Freedom is the courageous acts, which courage is hard to love who you were created to be. And good grief, you don't want to be me. You might like some of the things I'm doing, but it has been hard fought. And I'm nowhere near where I think God wants me to be, not externally, but internally. And this is what I would just, I, if I could offer like just a, a, a loaf of bread, a piece of cake that says to nourish you, to understand that really where you are, to find the joy in that, if you can't find it today, you'll never find it, no matter how successful you are. And I am living proof of this that i have had to learn through these seasons to look with blinders on and look straight ahead and not to the sides cuz it it'll take me out it'll take me out so i don't know if that's helpful for anybody out there but just know that it's been a hard fight whatever you see in somebody on social media and secondly it's not your lane find your lane and just run in it
0: yeah cuz i think that when you're trying to do what other people are doing and not realizing like, who, how did God make you, what what has he called you to uniquely, um, and it might, it might be something similar to, or it might look different, but still mm-hmm. like, it, like you said, you gotta be in your lane. And when you're not, you're striving for something that like God never meant for you to strive for mm-hmm. because that's not what he created you for or called you to, you know, right. and it's so yucky. That. Yeah. It's just yucky.
1: It feels yucky, you feel yucky, you know when you feel yucky. Stop following that chick if it's bothering you. Don't do it. It's fine. You can be friends somewhere else. But okay. don't don't subject yourself to stuff that you know is like this makes me feel yucky. And that's just not what God wants. He doesn't he's not trying to make you feel yucky <laughs> based on somebody else's life, you know.
0: I think a lot of times I I have these conversations with women and they'll say like, "Why? Well, I, I feel bad like unfollowing that or like not going to that thing you know and i'm just like i mean that's like a whole conversation of like are you concerned about what somebody else is going to think and i had to come to that journey and realization myself just doing what i do and i'm sure you understand you know is that sometimes we have to turn off those voices so that god's voice can be the loudest and that's what matters the most
1: Yes, so good. And you know what? There'll be a season where you'll be able to follow back. Like it's fine. Just right now, if your heart's tender and it's bringing up some stuff for you, instead of ignoring it, I'm not saying unfollow and ignore. I'm saying maybe turn down that noise so that you can dive deeper into why this is bothering you so much and what is this? What is what's coming up for you? What's beneath the surface? You know, because your body's being triggered. So you just want to like dive in, like Jesus. I'm feeling super comparative right now. Okay, so where's that coming from? And what, what am I feeling? That comes back full circle to soul care. What, what am I fearing right now? What am I feeling? What am I needing right now? Because this is making me feel yucky. I need to dive deeper rather than like forget them or, you know, they're probably not even that great. Like we don't want to be all bitter. That's not, that's not good. But I think it's a good point to go, okay, I need to dive deeper into my story a little more. I need to I need to allow God to come into this fragile place. It feels really fragile and yucky. Let's let's talk about it. And that is the beautiful part of having access to Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about just don't ignore it. Use it as like a launching pad to see what God wants to teach you through that season or through those feelings and what is it bringing up inside of you. And I think we don't do that enough. I think mm. I think we do more of the like unfollow ignore next right instead of pausing um i know myself i've had to take breaks from social media you know at different times and and different seasons and really you know not look at stuff there's things that i can't you know read or you know right there's even some like podcasts that i can't listen to because it will just influence me too much and i don't want to you know reproduce content, you know, that's not Mm -hmm. my own or different things, you know? Um,
1: That's so good. It's so uh, good. You just said that. Yeah. That's real.
0: Anyways, I think. Yeah.
1: Just stay off Pinterest too on the best birthday (laughs) parties and how to, how to be the best mom or what happens when you're angry and how it ruins your children. Don't read that. Don't read those articles. They will make you crazy. So delete. I'm not (laughs) listening to that. (laughs) Not today, Satan. Get behind me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's awesome okay the question I always ask all of my guests before we end our time together is who or what is allowing you to flourish in the season that you are in
1: I know okay I've been thinking about this and I want to give a really great answer <laughs> but here's my really great answer I I don't have a really great answer I I, I think I think what's making me flourish today I mean, I'm going to tell you Jesus. I mean, it is always going to be Jesus, but sometimes that feels like, okay, we get it. Like you love Jesus. (laughs) But so I'm going to, I want to try to give you something practical. Here's what's making me flourish. One, the two trips that I plan a year that I know I'm going to get away and are intentional for my time of sanity and to see God's beauty and to be in trees and to be near water really help me flourish. And two, are like uh, fun like lunch dates and conversations with some girlfriends. I am flourishing in so many areas in my life and I'm super thankful for it. I'm also not flourishing in 90% of my life. So those are the things that tangibly I have to do for my achiever brain to slow down and to enjoy and have fun fun and joy doing god's work and that it's not all striving and serious and you know the world's coming to an end and trust me i think all that all the time so i have to i have to be intentional about fun and honestly that's what makes me thrive i'm going to boston in a couple weeks to be with my husband to see the fall leaves and girl it's going to make me flourish i'm going to come back so excited and alive i'm going to be ready to go and take on the take on the task at hand because i got to see some leaves In Boston.
0: Boston is a great city to visit.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm ready for it. I've never been, so I'm excited.
0: You should do the freedom walk if you guys have time.
1: Girl, are you kidding me? I have freedom tattooed on my body. I (laughs) will be posting about my freedom walk. You can guarantee it. That's
0: awesome. I love what you said about like planning. Trips, um, because for the longest time I was just like, oh, I don't need that. I don't need to do that, you know. Um, but like about five years ago, my husband and I really got intentional about like planning some time away together without kids. We love our kids, but sometimes you just like need to do that. Preach. Um, and then like planning trips with my girlfriends. Like I took a college roommate trip a couple years ago, and now we do it every couple years. Um, and I think there's just so much benefit to that. So I love that you said that.
1: So good. It's so good. Jesus modeled it with his disciples. Then that means that we need to do it. He was like, Hey, come away with me. Let's go hang out. Let's get rid of all these people. Let's go eat some food and talk. I'm like, he planned a trip. It was a guy's trip.
0: This is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Tell everybody where they can connect with you um, online or on social media after the show.
1: All right, you can go to carry to check out my book and all that fun stuff. You can also find me Carrie Scott Garcia on Instagram. And that's just because Carrie Garcia was taken. So it's Carrie Scott Garcia on Instagram and Facebook. And you can check out our nonprofit called Freedom Movement. And that is uh wearefreedommovement.org or freedom underscore movement on all social media platforms. So that's it. That's my handles.
0: And I will leave links to everything that We talked about social media and your website and the freedom movement in the show notes that people can go back and reference to. So thank you, Carrie for joining me for this episode of the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. If you have not yet left a rating and review, we'd love it if you jump on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It doesn't take very long and it really helps spread the mission of the podcast even farther when you leave a rating and review for freebies and more and to see the show notes of this episode visit my website at andreamworley.com and find me on instagram at andreamworley so we can connect after the show i love it when you guys screenshot the episodes, tag me on social media and share with your friends. It is always so special for me to see how much you guys are loving the podcast. So I just want to say a quick thank you to you guys who have already subscribed, who are sharing with your friends, who are sending me messages and telling me how much the show means to you and the things that you're gaining each week from it. So I really appreciate all of you listeners and I will see you in the next episode.